Dafnun Ches, about ten lines down. Ashkechinu Mar Yehuda or Rav Yosef. So keep track of the names here. So Mar Yehuda met Rav Yosef or Shmuel Bred the Rabbah by Rav Chana. That we came a pischa de Rabbah. So Mar Yehuda came and he found that these two Tamidicham of Yosef and of Shmuel that they were outside the basementish of Rabbah, house of Rabbah, and uh, they were talking and learning. So Amar Luhu said Yehuda said to them, "I have a problem. I have a kasha. What's the kasha?" He said, "Tanya, Hamakadish v'petach hamar basa b'cholu b'chun shnishku b'azor b'shimanayim mekudeshes." These three things, which we specifically said in our Mishnah, are Suri Ano and are not mekudeshes. Rabbi Shimon says they're mekudeshes. Chamar meyani mekudeshes. Chamar say like our Mishnah, not. Rabbi Shimon clearly says yes. Now, basa b'cholu we understand that we had a sheet yesterday. Basa b'cholu was not about no. Petach hamar we had a sheet yesterday. Rabbi Shimon sheeta that lifnei arifa before you break the neck of the of the pedja of the petach hamar the bechor it's also going to be mutter by no. So if you mekadesh isha with a petach hamar before the arifa or you mekadesh isha bas bechalov we understand Rabbi Shimon sheeta that it's a good kedusha because it's not a sabano. If it's not a sabano, do whatever you want. But the third one he mentioned over there is chulin shenishkul bazar. Now we spent. A good time yesterday in the daf, trying to find them a car that we know that Chunsh Nishkul Bazara is Asr, and if it once it becomes Asr to do, then it's also going to be Asr Bano. So does Abshimon argue on that point? Says more Alma says Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda pointed out Alma, we see from that Brisa that Chunsh Nishkul Bazara, Abshimon loved Arisa. That at least it's not a daraisa iser. Now, and therefore, some of Farshim explain what he means is if it's not daraisa, then it's probably not going to be Asr Bano. Right, if it's derai so it makes sense. The Torah asks about enough. The Torah does what it does. If chul shenishkul vazara only becomes also to eat midrabanan, even the lechera bahana, it's still going to be mutter. So, and that's lechera what Rav Shimon saying. So clearly, Rav Shimon disagrees with every all the drushes and discussion we had yesterday about chul shenishkul vazara. So says the, so says Rabbi Huda though. But I have a problem. What's the problem? Raminu, we have a brayser. Brayser is Rav Shimon. Aimer What do you do with it? So if you have an animal that was chulun, that you shechted in the base of Yish, what do you do with it? So he said, you sreifu, you burn it. Now that's very chamur. Generally speaking, something which is also about, no, you bury it in the ground. You want to burn it, that's fine. But you don't have to burn it. You bury it in the ground. You make sure nobody else will ever be able to use it. Why is the Bryson of Shimon being so machmir that you even have to go ahead and burn it? And the chen chayish in the Even if you have a chay, even if you want to say that, you want to say Why would it be Because someone sees you shechting an animal in the basement dish, and they think the animal is kaidish because you're shechting in the basement dish. Why else would you be shechting it there? And therefore, the Chazal came along and said, We don't want you to get enough from this, maybe. So, even if that's true, it would definitely not apply to a chaya. Someone sees you shechting a deer in the basement dish, they're not going to think it's a carbon. So even if you want to say it's a light plug, it's usher, but to be usher to the extent that you're going to go ahead and burn it, and Chazal said you have to burn it, like Chomets on Pesach kind of thing, must be clearly, says Rabbi Yehuda, that Rabbi Shimon holds, Chul Shunishnu Bazara is the Raisa. And then once it's the Raisa, then in all situations we're going to say, go ahead and burn it to make sure that no one gets enough from it. So if that's the case, we have a student of Shimon. If Chul Shunishnu Bazara is the Raisa, and that's why you have to burn it, then why does Shimon say you can be Mekadosh Anisha with it? And that was Rav Yehuda's kash. So these two Tamechamu were outside with him, which was Mari Yehuda, uh, I'm sorry, Rav Yosef and Rav Shmuel, they weren't sure. So also come to Rabbah, says, let's go into the base marriage. Let's ask the Rabbi Rabbah the question. So Amalahu, Rabbah answered them back with a, an expression, I guess, Palga Akumnaichi. 
said, you're just always trying to make trouble. I guess what we'd call in Yiddish today, a klutz kasha. Right? It's a simple question. What are you, what are you making trouble for? You're right. The truth of the matter is, of Shimon Holtz, Chul Shadish is the Raisa, like we've been saying. And therefore, that's why you paskin, you have to burn it. Even a Chayish Shadish you have to burn. Also, why you mean Mekadosh and Isha with it? We're talking about a case where you shechted it, and it turns out it was a trefa. Remember, the idea of Chulun Shadish is only when you actually do a Maisa Shechita. If you take an animal into the base of Mikdash and you hit it over the head with a rock and it dies, that's not called Chulun Nishchitu Bazara. It's not a din in Chulun being in the Azara. It's a din in Chulun being treated like a carbon. So if you take Chulun into the Azara and you shecht it, and it turns out it was a trefa. So you did, theoretically, you did a kosher Shechita. But the Maisa, it turns out, the animal was a trefa. So this gets back to the discussion we already had. A sheikhir is a trefa. If you shecht it, it has an obvious tarfus. If you shecht it, it looks fine, but when you inspect the lung or whatever it is, there's a hole in it or something which would make it a trefa. If Shimon holds what we call that shechita she'ena ruya lav shma shechita. And since the mice you did a not proper shechita, even though shechita was fine, but this type of shechita would not be matir this basar b'achila. Because it turns out the animal is a trefa. It does not have a din of shechita for any purposes whatsoever. And if it doesn't have a din of shechita for any purposes whatsoever, it's like you took chul an animal and just broke its head in the azara, in which case it doesn't become asar, like chul and azara. And therefore... Even though you can't eat it, of course, because it's a trefa, but the, the meat has value, the, the, the leather has value, etc., and you can make Kaddish Nisha with it. Chamem Asun, Chamem said, oh, Shechita Shenaruya, Shma Shechita, and therefore it's considered a Shechita, as long as the Shechita itself was done properly, it wasn't, you know, with a nick on the knife or something like that, that's different. But as the Shechita itself was fine, the fact that it turned out to be a trefa does not make it not a Shechita, therefore. According to the Chamem, this animal is, Chulun Shechita Bazar, it's also, I know you can't be Kaddish Nisha with it. According to Shimon, this is not Chulun and therefore it does not have a din of Isr no. And therefore when the Bryce has said before that Amakadish Bapetachamar Bhasbachul Shinishbazara, Bashiman says it works. We're talking about Dafka Khun Shinishbazara and it turned out to be a trefa. But in Khambi, if it was Khun Shinishbazara and turned out not to be a trefa and was a proper shita, then even if Shimon would agree that it is Asubah no, and you cannot be Makadish and issue with That finishes the list of items we had in the Mishnah of things which are Asurbanah. The Mishnah then said a second halacha, which is Machon V'Kiddush B'Demehen Mekudeshes. If instead of being Mekadosh the Isha with any of the things we had in the list of Asuriah, not rather, you sell those things and you have the money and you Mekadosh the Isha with the money, that works. So says Mami Nolan, how do you know that that works? Right, we have things like behegdish where you can pay the hegdish and when you pay the hegdish, the Kedusha transfers from the hegdish to the money. In this case, we're saying the Isra now does not transfer from the object to the money. So where do we know that from? Because we have a special halacha by Avadizar. By Avadizar, the Pasuk says, I'll read the whole Pasuk. You shouldn't bring Avadizar into your house. It should be cherem like it. So what does it mean? So over there, specifically, we darshan. Not only is the Avedizara Asr, but anything you swap for the Avedizara will also be Asr. So by Avedizara, not only is there an Isra, not the Avedizara, but anything you sell it for, or any money you get for it, will also be Asr. By non-Avedizara, 
then Sharu. Then this halacha does not apply. There's a very specific halacha to Hilchais Avaris Kichov. So, what do you mean? But we know. Generally speaking, the Torah, if we have a halacha written in one case, we have the ability to learn out from its other cases, for Binyanav or Hekish, various types of Limudim. So, just because it says it by Avaris Kichov does not mean it does not apply everywhere else. Maybe a folk. Maybe Avaris Zara is the Makar that it does apply everywhere else. The rule we've said a few times already in this Masechta. Because it doesn't just say this halacha in one place. It says this halacha in a second place. It says it by Avedizara and it says it by Shemitah and Yoivel. And we know we have a rule, at least according to most Mandyamah, we'll see in a second, that any time the Torah writes halacha in two places, then the assumption is it's only specifically in those two places, in that set of halachas, and it specifically does not apply in anywhere else. Where do we see the same halacha by Hilchah Shemitah? We already just said, this, The Pasuk says, I read the Pasuk inside, in the context of Yoyvel, but the same idea, So there's a Kedusha Shemitah on things that you harvest in the field, of course, you have to, you only let to eat them, you know, use it for other things. And we darshin, Kodesh Tielachem, Ma Kodesh Tefeses Domov, Avshvius Tefeses Domeho. Just like something, why does the Torah call it Kodshim? Like Kodshim? Just like something of Kodshim, and you swap it for money. The money obtains a Kedusha. So also by Shemitah, also when you sell something of Shemitah, the money that you receive obtains a Kedusha, just like we said by Avodazar. So what is it? Bryce says, hold on. But he Ma Kodesh Tefeses Domov, Yatzelachulit. If you're being makeshit hegdish and yoivel by hegdish, when you're paidish something a hegdish, the kedusha goes off the, ab- the object of hegdish and goes only onto the money. Does that happen by shemitah as well? Does the iser go off the fruits of shemitah and only on the money now? It says but no. You would think that's the case. The pasuk yoivel yoivel he kedush tihiye lochem behaviyase tehe that you actually end up with something that's more like Tamura, which means that the original Kedusha on the original Chefetz of Hegde of Yoivel or Shemitah stays, but the money also acquires Kedusha. However, it works in an interesting way, explains the Brisa Ketzad. Lokach Bepere Shviyas Basra. If you have fruits of Shemitah and you go to the market and you swap them for meat. So Elu Ve'elum is Baram Shviyas. Both the original fruits and this meat now that you acquired have Dine Kedusha Shviyas. And therefore, at the Zman beer of these fruits, let's say you had grapes, and they have a certain Zman beer you have to eat them by, that same Zman beer now applies to meat, even though meat obviously has no Zman beer on its own, but this meat now has Kedusha Shviyas of grapes. And you have to eat it and make sure it's done by the time the grapes are supposed to be done. However, Babasar Dagim, let's say you take that meat, and now you say, I don't want meat, I want to swap it out for fish. So then the Allah is Yatza Basar Nikhtusudagin. The original fruits stay Bikadusha. The thing you swapped it out can now, yes, be transferred on and on and on. So the meat is only Kaddish when it was swapped for the grapes. Now you take this meat which has Kedusha's grapes and you swap it for fish, the fish obtains the Kedusha, the meat loses that Kedusha. So it's the middle stage. It's not everything stays Kaddish. The first thing. And the last thing, main kaddish. Yatsa basar nitzchnis udagim. Dagim If you now swap the 
fish for wine, Yatsu Dokim Nechas Yain, Yain Beshemen, Yatsu Yain Nechas Shemen, Hokkaitzad, Achren Achren Nitfis Beshvias, who pay Ratzmai also. So the original fruits, the original grapes maintain their Kedusha Shvias, and whatever the last item is in this series, it also has Kedusha. So what do we see? We see that by Avodis Kechavim and by Shmita, there's a halacha that the money that you swap it for is also and maintains the same Kedusha as the original object, or Isra is the same object, Mashma. Only in these two cases, but the other type of Isra, I know like we had listed in our Mishnah, of Basar B'chalav, or any types of things, there is no Isra on the money. Now there is a debate in the Rishayim, the person who sells, let's say I have Basar B'chalav, and I sell it for money, is that money also to me directly? Is that money that I get considered like I'm getting enough from the Basar B'chalav? Okay, for the second party, for sure they can get enough of this money. That's no question. The person himself, if they sell it, that's already debatable. So in this case, in our case, if you have a husband who has, or a potential husband, who has Bas and he swaps it for money, he's Makadish the Isha with the money, to the Isha, for sure the money is mutter. That's not debatable. Whether to him it's mutter or not, that's an interesting question that we should to talk about. Okay, but in terms of our halacha says, that's why the Mishnah says all these other items, once you swap them for money, the money is mutter. No, only by Shemitah and Avadis Kechavim, no. Remember, this is a set of two. So if you hold once you have a set of two, you can't learn out from it, fine. The only way you don't learn out of it is if you have a set of three. We don't have a set of three. So maybe you should learn out from here that Kulta or Kula, the money should be Usr. Michael and Mamer. So it should be Trey. Trey Meyutik There's actually special Meyutim in these two Allahs by Vedizar and Shmita. It says, Ksivacha Kicherim Hu. It says it actually the word Kherim twice in the Pasuk. Ksivhasim Yoivel He. So these two halachas, even if you're old, it's not considered a set, but there is a miyut specifically by the Avedizar case and a miyut specifically by the Yoival and Shemitah case that this halacha of the money swapping out being usher is only in these cases and nowhere else. And therefore the halacha remains that it, the, all the money is not going to be usher by not in any of these situations. Says the Mishnah. HaMekadish Petrumas Rumaisus Matanus. So if someone goes ahead as Mekadish and Isha by giving her truma. Or giving her Maiserishan, which these things belong to a Kayin, they belong to a Levi, or Matanis, any of the various Matnis, Guna, Rasha, Israel, the Chayayim, the etc., all these things. Or, says the Mishnah, Ubemei Chattis, the water that's supposed to be used by Paraduma, or Be'efer Chattis, the ashes from a Paraduma. Now, it sounds like at this stage of the Gemara, you'd be Mekadash Isha with the water and with the ashes. We'll see what that's the case. It's not going to hold up, but that's what it sounds like now. Harezim Kudeshes, these things are not Asr Bahana. And they, therefore, it is a good Maishu Kedushin. You are giving this Isha something. Vafilu Yisrael. Even if he and or she is a Yisrael, in which case they cannot eat the Truma. Okay, maybe Maishu maybe you could eat, but you're not supposed to get Maishu etc. etc. supposed to go to a Levi or a Kayan. Even then, says the Mishnah, it works. The Kedushin is a Maishu Kedushin. Why? L'chaira, the Truma is not yours. The Truma is something that doesn't belong to the man and something the Isha is not going to be able to do anything with. So why is this a good Kedushin? Gemara brings two possibilities. Amr Ula. Taivas hana enay mamen. The halacha is, if you have truma, you have a field, and your mafish crops are your field, now you have to take off truma, or you have to take off maiserishin. The halacha is, that truma does not belong to you. Truma belongs to the shevet kahuna. However, the halacha is, you get to decide who to give it to. Okay, you can give it to anybody you want. Any kind that you want, any kind who comes, you I don't want to give it to you, I want to give it to somebody else. So, in theory... There could be a Yisrael somewhere 
who is willing to pay you some amount of money to give it to his relative who's a Kayin. You might have a father-in-law who has a son, a father-in-law who has a son-in-law that's a Kayin, and he's going around. Now, a Kayin is not allowed to come buy Truma, right? That's us, sir. Kayin can't, you can't, Kayin cannot pay to get Truma. It's like Kayin, he's not allowed to do that. But the father-in-law could come and go to the farmer and say, listen, I'll give you a few shekel, whatever it is, give this Truma to my son-in-law as a Kayin. So therefore, what that means is that the owner of the field, the farmer, has what we call toivas hano. He can get some benefit from the truma. He can't do anything. He can't eat the truma. He can't do anything else with the truma. But in theory, he might be able to get some money to give it to somebody else. Does that schus have value? Okay, so Ula says, toivas hano ain't a moment. Now, there's a discussion in Shem, what does that mean, ain't a moment? So some of Shem say it just means it has no perceived value. It's not really worth a Shavapruta. It might be worth something, but Labdafka it's worth a Shavapruta. If you look interesting in Rashi, Rashi says, what does it mean, Animamun? Lekadish Isha. If you try to be Makadish Nisha by giving her truma that she can't eat, but she could give to somebody else, right? And that only schus she has is that ability to maybe sell it. That's not enough to be Makadish Nisha. Some of Farshim say it's a din, that it's just not worth enough money. And some of Farshim say it's not a question. It might be worth more than a Shavapruta, but it's not like you own the truma. But this is not a schus in truma. It's not like the truma has the value. It's some sort of theoretical hano. Maybe I'm giving her in some sort of way, and that's not enough to be a kadashanish. So that's what Ula says. Now, wait a second. How do you read our Mishnah then? The Chayra, Ula's Pshat, is the opposite of what our Mishnah says. Our Mishnah is Mashman, you by giving her truma that she can't eat. It works. Why? Pash Pshat, it works because you're giving her the ability to give it to somebody else as a kayan to get Tavis Hana out of it. That's the only thing you're giving her. So the chayra that the, the only pshat in our mission is that you makadosh her with the tevas hanah. Ula just said tevas hanah doesn't count. Amalei, no. I'll tell you a different pshat in the mission. Tevas hanah ain't a moment. If you makadosh an with that schus, it doesn't work. So now Rashi explains the easiest way to explain our mission is we're talking about where the person had a grandfather from his mother's side who was a kain. And that person from his grandfather, his mother's side, who was a guy, had actual truma in his house. That person died, the grandfather, and the mother was away, gone already. And now this grandson of Yisrael was Yerish truma. Now, that truma he can't eat. But that truma is 100% his. And he got it for Yerusha from his grandfather, a guy. He can't eat it. He could sell it, though. He's absolutely allowed to sell that truma because it's considered his. And if he's Makadosh and Isha with it, it's absolutely 100% a good Kedusha. The problem with that case is that it's absolutely no Kedusha whatsoever. Right? Your grandfather owned something. You died. He lent it to, left it over to the grandson. Of course it's his. So the Mishnah make, makes a twist. What about if the uh, you have a Kayin? If a Kayin has Tevel, the Kayin has Tevel, regular crops, of course the Kayin has to take off truma. Once he takes off the truma... He then can eat the truma. He's allowed to eat the truma that he took off in his own field. That's fine. What if you have a grandfather who had tevel and he died? And he had not yet taken off the truma. And now this grandson Yisrael is Yerish all this tevel. If the grandfather had taken off the truma already, then the grandson owns the truma. In this case, the grandfather never actually took off the truma. So when the grandson is Yerish it now, when he gets it, what's the pshat? Is the pshat that he got tevel, and now he has to take off truma. That truma is not his, and he has to give it to some other kayin. Or is the pshat that even though the grandfather never actually took off the truma, we have a locha called nasa kemisha hormudami. It's as if he took off the truma, because he could have taken it off and kept it. And since he could have taken it off and kept it, the grandson gets it, theoretically, anyways, virtually. 
That's what's going on here. It's as if the grandfather took it off, and therefore the Kiddush is it's owned by the grandson automatically, and once he takes it off, he can go ahead and be Makadosh Nisha with it. But Taivas Hanah by itself, not. Only in this specific case where he actually owns it. Going back to Ula's point, if I want to be a Kaddish Nisha, not with the truma that I got from the grandfather or anything like that, but just with the truma I took off from my field with this little money that I might have a schus to give it to somebody else. So I'm a late Tanisua. What do you mean? That's our Mishnah. I'm a Kaddish Nisha, 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 I'm a Mishnah. That should be Makadash Yishu with Tevis Hana. What do you mean? That's not Mishnah. Mishnah. We just said. Vulavu Kimne be Yisrael Shnafalot Tvai Meisav Yimakayin. I just said to you that's not Pshat in the Mishnah. Pshat in the Mishnah is where the, we're talking about a case where the guy owns the Truma directly. Amalei says Ah Haitzat. You're a Haitzat. Now what does it mean Haitzat? So Ichsif he got embarrassed. Who Sava Mashmaate Kamalei? He meant to say Get out. You don't know Pshat in the Mishnah. You're saying wrong Pshat in the Mishnah. Haitzat. Get out of the base Vedish. Amalei No No No. That's not what I meant. There's a Besmerish called Hutzel in a city. And if Asi said that Pshat Haitzat, you must go to his Pshat in the Mishnah, that the Mishnah is not talking about a case of Tevas rather the Mishnah is talking about a case where you, you got to be Arusha. So there's two totally different ways to read the Mishnah. If you're Tevas and a Mammon, then in a Chanami, the Mishnah is talking about being a Kaddish for Tevas If you're Tevas and a Mammon, the Mishnah must be talking about a case where you got to be Arusha somehow, and therefore he's being a Kaddish with that. Name it the chayyim. This question of tevis and a mammon or not is actually mechlekes tanaim in a very interesting halacha. Hagoynev tevloi shel chaveri. Right now, again, this is a chiddush case. We could have just said a case where you steal truma from somebody. Right? If I take off truma from my crops and you steal it from me, do you have to pay me back? Right? If we hold tevis and a mammon, it's my truma. If you hold tevis and a mammon, it's not my truma. Okay. But the Gemara makes a twist on it, and the Gemara says a similar case which we just said, which is I have tevil and you steal my tevil. Now the tevil for sure is mine. Okay, but how much of that tevil is mine? And that's the debate. Hagoyin of tevil shachaveri. So Tanakam says, "Mashal loy dmei tevil shachaveri." Diveri you got to pay the whole thing. I own hundred hundred kilo of of crop here. It's tevil, yes. You steal from me. You have to pay me the chayra, the whole thing. No, he said. Let's say I take off one fortieth for truma and whatever one tenth, of course, for my serishin. That you don't have to pay me back. Because that was not mine. That is already considered stuff that was not mine. You only stole 80, whatever it is, 82% of my crops from me. The rest of it was not mine in the first place. What's the machlaikis? My love, I'll commit for you. Now, it's interesting over here, if you hold Taibas on a mammon, and therefore you have to pay me back for what you took from me, even the truma aspect of it, does that mean you're paying me the full value of the truma aspect of it? Or you're just paying me the Taibas no value, which is a fraction of that cost? Not clear. We shouldn't debate this point. Okay, but I definitely have to pay you back more than just the value of the stuff you're going to keep. So the higher we say it's machlekes tanoim, it's about lav dafka because we can explain the machlekes are somewhat differently. Look, the kuli alma You do not have to pay me back for that value of the truma and the ma'aserit. The ma'aserit for sure not, but the truma. Maybe this case in this price is that other case where the tevil I have, I got from my grandfather who was a kain. And therefore, if the grandfather had taken off the stuff as a kain already, so it's mine, you steal from me, you 100% have to pay me back because it's mamish my truma because I got it for Yerusha. We're talking about a case where I got it as tevil, and the machlekes is, is, is it as if the grandfather already took it off and therefore it's mine and you're not allowed to steal it if you do, you have to pay me back. Or is it like the grandfather never took it off, and the only schus I have in it is 
Tavas Ma'ana, and we said Tavas Ma'ana does not count. So, Matana Shlehim, and it's as if he took it off and the grandfather gave it to the grandson of Yerusha, and you're not allowed to steal it at all. So, that's another. So, we can either explain the Machlaikis in this price based on Tavas Ma'ana, or we can explain the Machlaikis in the price based on is it as if the grandfather took it off and gave it to Yerusha to the grandson or not? A third way to explain the price of in a case where it was by the grandfather as Tevel. It would be as if the grandfather took it off and therefore the grandson owns the truma. But that's not the case we're talking about. But Tevesana ain't a moment. Tevesana is not moment. So then if that's the case, so that when you steal from me a hundred kilo of wheat, why you have to pay me back? Why is that man the Amr say you have to pay me back for the truma part of it? I'll tell you what. Because the question is, by the truma part, not by the maisa part. Maisa, we know, is 10%. How much you have to take off for truma? So you say, 10% you don't have to pay me. Granted, that goes to the levy or to the kite. Okay, but truma, though, so normally we say truma is 140th, 150th, right, 2% or less or whatever. The truth is, you don't have to take off even that much. Shmuel, damar shmuel, chita achas peteris Shmuel says you could take off the arisa, there's no amount of truma. The arisa, you could take off one little piece of wheat, and that counts as truma. In which case, I can demand, yes, the 10% of the miser, you don't have to pay me back when you steal from me. But the truma, you have to pay me back because there is no real truma. I can take off one little pruta for truma. So instead of paying me back 90, you owe me 89.9. Fine. But that basically means you have to pay me back all of it. So the question is not, do you pay me for the truma? The question is, how much is that truma that you don't have to pay me for? So, Mar Isle de Shmuel, therefore you still have to pay me back 89.9999. There's Shmuel. Mar Lesle de Shmuel, therefore you don't have to pay me. Shmuel, if you hold not like Shmuel, you would say it's at least 2%, let's say. So that 2% you don't have to pay me for, because Tavis Anna ain't a moment. Everybody disagrees with Shmuel, and therefore the Truma does have a significant amount, and you don't have to pay it back. The truth is, you don't have to pay back. But Rebbe's, the reason Rebbe said in the Bryce you do have to pay back is to consur Abban Laganif. We don't want people running around stealing their Tevel. Right? In this case, the guy's going to get away with it. Because remember, when he steals the Tevel, so he pays me back the 88%. The 10% and of Maiserishan and the 2% or whatever it is of Truma, <coughs> he'll never have to pay back to anybody. That's called Mamen She'en Loi Toivim. There's no one who could ask him for that money. I can't ask him for that money back. Every kind of levy comes to ask him for the money. He's going to say, no, no, I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to somebody else. So we cannot the Ganif. And we can ask the Ganif and say he has to pay back to the person he stole it from. Okay, so that's one shot. Ivoy is saying the opposite. The Kuliyama issued the Shmuel, and therefore the truth is, you, don't have, you have to pay me back all of it. So why does, the, why does Rabbi Yisrael say he does not have to pay me back? We can ask you the Balabayas. Why? Why do you have Tevel around your house? Right? You're not supposed to have Tevel around your house. If you've ever had a like, you know, fruit tree in the yard, right, the most dangerous thing you could ever do is pick a bunch of apples here and so and bring it into your house. Right? Or oranges or lemons or whatever people have. Because then the kids don't know and your wife doesn't realize and she, all of a sudden she's making a Tevel cake and your whole kitchen is trafe. Okay, So you, the most dangerous thing to do is bring that kind of stuff into your house without standing on top of it and making sure it gets taken care of. This poor guy had tons of Tevel in his house. Enough time that someone could come steal it. We can ask you and we say that even though he should pay you back, you don't get paid back to encourage people not to have Tevel in their house. So we have four or five different ways to explain this, Brysa. Could be Tevel in a moment, could be Matan Shalom, could be how much Truma you have to take, could be based on these various Knafs. 
Now let's go to the last line in the Mishnah. The last line in the Mishnah says, Mekadosh Nisha with Mechatos or Efrechatos. Now what is that talking about? Mechatos and Efrechatos are not yours. Mechatos and Efrechatos are owned by the Beis Amikdash. Okay, it's a paraduma that they burned in the ashes, clearly owned by the base of Mikdash. The water that they set aside to use for it to mix it up is clearly owned by the base of Mikdash. You're not being anybody with that. So the Gemara understands inherently, we're not talking about being with the objects. We're talking about being with work, right? I need, the woman needs to become tahar, so I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, you want me to spritz you with paraduma water? No problem, I can do that. I normally charge $10. Instead, be mekadosh to me with that. Now, we said before, it depends how, how, how wages work. If it's ain't schiris al then you could do such a thing. Leave that discussion aside. You'd be Makadish with this work what, that you're doing for. That's the Gemara automatically assumes. Says the Gemara. Chazal said, if you charge someone to be a judge, you're not considered a judge. Now, you're allowed to get paid what you call schar batolo. Right, the amount of time you, you're wasting time instead of doing your regular job. But we learn now from Dine Torah, Also, you have to do all mitzvahs bechinam. And if a Chazal said, at least under a bonnet level, you cannot be a shaifit and get paid. Even if they're both paying. It's not a sheikhat issue. Someone pays you to say testimony also. You know, do that. You have a chi of the rice to say testimony. A coin gets charges money to spritz, mm-hmm. to mix the paraduma water, and spritz it on someone. His water is dirty, disgusting water, and his word, dirty, and, and the afer he has is just considered burnt ashes. It's not considered any kaddish at all. So you see that it doesn't work. And as a professional play, now it's a catch-22. What am I charging the Isha for? I'm charging the Isha for preparing the Mechatas for her. If it turns out it was never really Mechatas because I'll puzzled it, then I can't charge her. And if I can't charge her, there's no Kedushin. So how does the Mishra say the Kedushin works? What are you charging for? Are you charging for doing the act of spritzing and the act of mixing? That you're not allowed to do. Am I charging for the preparation for the delivery services that you are allowed to do? So, I'm charging for the delivery and for the preparing it into the cup. Fine, that you're allowed to charge for, and that you're Makadash Nisha with. Doing the actual mitzvah, you're not allowed to. They cannot, it actually makes sense now, because you look in the Bryce, the Ketani Hocha, the Mishnah says, The Bryce, which says it's not money, clearly was talking about the action Shabbai. The action Shabbai is no good. Our Mishnah doesn't say the action, it says the objects. Now, as we explained, you're not being Makadish with the objects directly. You're being Makadish with the work of the delivery of the objects. That taka would work, and that would be a good condition, but they're doing the mitzvah itself would not work. Shmami no. Hadar and Allah, Ish Makash, let's stop here. We'll start the next mission on the next paragraph.